Hey, buddy. Hi, Tim. <laughs> Welcome to Beard and Board. This week I'm sitting down with a uh, new friend of the show, well, long-time listener, first-time guest, uh, Brian. Hello, everyone. All six of you. <laughs> 22. <laughs> 22? Thank you very much. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Get ready to be cut by eight after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're the first guest down in the the new studio. This is awesome. Thanks, man. Well, it's a little different, right? Like, yeah. I just need a spot to do some projects and throw up all my geek shit on the walls. So, absolutely. Yeah, my geek shit is just in weird piles and hidden from the wife. You're one of the uh, the biggest nerds that I know. Sweet. <laughs> he means biggest collection type nerd not physical size yeah. <laughs> uh, okay so Brian and I uh, work together but uh, we've known each other for a couple of years now and the reason I was having him down is that we have a similar love of B movies absolutely sci-fi I think and uh in general, he's the guy that I've been going to to learn a little bit more about, like, comic books and stuff. Yeah. So, you, we were just joking around about your collection, but you've been a collector for a few years, right? Since the mid-80s. Since the fucking mid-80s? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, there's a pile. <laughs> Every Wednesday you go out? Every Wednesday. Spent, yeah. Spent 200 bucks last week. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a pull list? Yes. What's on your list right now? Uh, actually, Fantastic Four. Here's the sad part. I've I've gotten the last like forty issues of Fantastic Four. Haven't read them yet. Gotten the last thirty issues of Nightwing. Haven't read them yet. Uh, but X Men. I'm still collecting uh, some Justice League Avengers. Do you go through cycles of different books? Like whatever is good, you tend to jump onto, or is it just word of mouth? Yeah. And... So word of mouth is helpful because uh, to find out what other people are into, and even random guys that I sort of just see in the store I'm like hey what are you reading yeah so and I might pick up something from that I've been getting some more you do seem stuff. like the kind of guy that would just approach random men to, <laughs> hi stranger <laughs> hey what are you into yeah. oh comic books yeah that's what I was asking about yes and later <laughs> after the store closes uh yeah so it's I've been trying to be a little more not just superhero super team genre in my pickings mm -hmm. but it's tough because then it's so random and you don't know when it's coming out it's not advertised well but uh, okay so it's hit and miss with if you're going to get the issues or not with the explosion of superhero tv shows superhero movies has the comic book industry um, benefited from it? Is there new faces there that you see all the time? Or is it still a dwindling art form? It's definitely benefited in different financial ways. So as an example, I can remember when I got my first superhero t-shirt, I had to order it. I had to go to the post office, get a, uh, a bank order, <laughs> Shit. and put it through the mail. Yeah, There was not a store anywhere that carried a superhero shirt with Spider-Man on it. So that had to be oh, ordered. So like special orders. Yeah. Like no, you'd get it in the comic book. You'd clip that out. Now you'd be surprised to go to a Walmart and not see one. There's a whole section. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's 50 shirts there I can pick up in a minute. Are the, I wonder if the vintage shirts are probably worth a lot of money at this point. They could be, except fat, sweaty nerds were wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what brought you to comic books and comic book collecting? Probably Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah? Yeah, I think that probably is where it started. We lived right out in the country, so we only got a couple channels, but uh, yeah, there was always super friends on. 80s, there would have been that was the advent of actually being in stores and not just magazine racks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just starting. What, again, you we can move on from this if it's something you don't want to discuss publicly, <laughs> but with a collection from the 80s, like you would have had an early 90s uh, Wolverine, like the X Men and stuff like that. And I know those books were worth a lot. And where a lot of people think for some reason that like every comic book's worth a lot of money <laughs> and then like death is superman they just mass produced so much that they're, uh, yeah they're pennies like do you have a collection that's worth money at this point it's worth some money but it's finding the right person in the right venue uh there's another bald guy at work that has bought some stuff from me and when he buys for himself like he yeah. wants this for his collection he pays me a little more for it if he's buying it to flip it, he's clear. He's like, I want to try and sell this because it's hot. I give it to him at a better rate, actually, so he can try and make money. And I've been very, very little trying to get some stuff out of my collection because I've, I've got 15,000 comic books in my basement. I'm not reading them. No. Does it, Are you a hoarder? Does it hurt to let this stuff go? Very much so. Oh, shit. Eh? It's painful. <laughs> Uh, what would you want to keep? Like, is there any series that means more to you uh, than another? I would keep. Uh, there's a 12-issue story, Crisis on Infinite Earths. That was with DC, their first mega crossover, like every comic book was tied into this. And that was their first sort of revamp of the universe. They turned it all into one planet, one universe, instead of Earth 1, 2, 3, and 4. Yeah, and they actually had meaningful deaths in that. They right? had the Flash was dead for twenty five years. Yeah, Supergirl was only dead for three years, but the new Supergirl was totally different. It like, and wasn't she like a clone or something like that? Yes, yes. Comic books and uh, soap operas have a lot in common. Right. There's a lot of people in comas. There's a lot. <laughs> they just of come them. back. <laughs> uh, and that's where Spider-Man got his black suit too, right? Was that? Uh, that's Marvel's Secret Wars, but Secret they were Wars. at the same time. Secret Wars was a okay storyline, but it was clearly toy-driven. Like they had a figure line out and everything. With the Crisis, it was story-driven, absolutely. With the strip mining of comic books and like do you feel like they're just redoing the same thing cuz I feel like I've seen The Crisis on Infinite Earths like they did like the Smallville version of that. Yes. Now it's the DC Universe's version of that. Like, when does that end? And then like the uh, the Infinity Gauntlet saga. Like, yep. now that that's all over, like they just seem to be wanting to go back into multiple universes, multiple this. Like, yes. I, do you have the appeal of that? Like it, the the Spider Verse. Like, well done movies, but I don't understand the appeal. It's when you can t get a take on a character that you love without ruining that character 
And uh, as a funny example, Peter Porker, the spectacular spider ham, is hilarious. Do I want to read that for 30 years? Not really. No. But do I want to pick up six issues here and there? Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes more sense to me. How do you feel about the Marvel movies in general? Like, I, I would like a serious take on, like, what do you think of those movies as a longtime comic book fan and then as just, like, a, a movie fan? So... Yeah, they overall love them. Yeah, there's definitely hits and misses, um, and I some of the shows, the weekly shows, had my family more excited to sit down on a a Friday and sit together and watch TV than anything that I've seen in twenty years. Which is interesting because you have a your wife and a couple of girls, like and yep. your son. So like I would think that the son might be interested in this, but this is a family wide appeal for these movies. The son and two of the girls absolutely interested. The wife and the youngest not as much, but it was <laughs> yeah. to to get four out of six interested in something yeah. was incredible. Um, there I, there is a flood though. Yeah, it is so much. Like when you're trying to decide okay, we can only see two Marvel movies this month in the theater. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, if you were to try to sit down and watch the entire Marvel universe of shows, you would have the Agent Carter, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., 10 movies, 10 plus movies at this point. We're over 20. Over 20 movies, plus all of the the shows off of Disney now that are a season or two in, and the Netflix Defenders and... Yes, uh, like you would have to dedicate half a year of like just watching. It's hardcore. It's yeah. fucking insane. But it, I haven't really been that impressed with a lot of the movies because I feel yeah. like the storytelling has definitely gone downhill. They are a fun theme park, and I'm stealing that from yep. uh, was it James Cameron? No, Scorsese. Scorsese. I think. Yeah, hates them. I yeah, and I don't hate them because other people can love them, and I get it, and I yep. get that there's some good ones, but like uh, Doctor Strange was the one that I was looking forward to the most. Benedict Cumberbatch is a talented actor. We have some arcane stuff happening. This is going to be really interesting, and they just—it was a trailer for another movie, and it felt like that was the era of just build up to different movies as opposed to ever trying to tell a singular story. Yeah. When half of your hype for the movie is what's the after credit for the next movie, it it takes away from it. It's I love it to progress and build the universe. Yeah. But I I don't actually want to sit there going, Oh, what's what's the next one? I wanna know what's happening now. And I I did like Doctor Strange. Did you watch the second one? Uh no. So the second one um, I would say give it a shot because Sam Raimi I really only first knew Sam Raimi from the, his Spider-Man trilogy yes and you can you see that and you're like this guy did horror mm-hmm. and you watch Doctor Strange 2 and you're like this guy does horror really yeah okay I've been done with that it's a mind fuck is it more of them trying to tell a Doctor Strange story in my opinion yes okay yeah cool. much more of a Doctor Strange uh, the Constantine show has been the standout for me. For, I loved that. It was so good, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I believe it's based off of a series, and I, I've got like the first book of that. And yes. I, I'd like to, to start diving down into it. Blood and Angels? or 
that could be one of them yeah I never got too much into his stuff I've got a few books yeah like I said there I've got a set that I haven't read yet (laughs) (laughs) uh just to pivot a little bit and get off of superheroes because I know that that's a common misconception with comic books Mm -hmm. is that there's such a superhero focus yes outside of the superhero stuff what are other good series that someone could pick up and and read um i've got the first in graphic novel uh the first 120 or so walking dead yeah they're great yeah that's but that's a specific genre but it's it's good writing it's entertaining um non i bought uh not all robots and it's uh it's the robots turn evil sort of yeah but they don't really so the robots (laughs) just want to be equal and it's like well not all insert a race here do that and it was that's what it was not all robots do this oh and it was it was on the nose but it was still fun it was a fun read it was like five issues so has and this is going to sound bad because i don't have another phrase for it um modern woke culture permeated into comic books quite a bit absolutely it has and it's really upsetting the hardcore nerds is it a detraction from you or is there like benefits to it for some of the characters there's absolutely benefits uh but when it feels forced yeah and you get characters superman's 80 years old yeah 90 years old uh, it's hard to keep him interesting and change him at the same time. Especially when he's an untouchable god. You can't touch him. Yeah. He's Superman. Uh, a guy like Magneto has a strong Jewish background. That's the whole emphasis of his history. Yeah. It's not that you couldn't change that in a new version, but you've got to be careful with how you do it. Uh, they've got uh, both uh, Superman's son who's an adult now and one of the robins yep uh both are bisexual okay and it is driving people crazy superman to me is a character who almost above anything emphasizes love peace harmony it to me it's not a stretch that his child would be that and more and that's what i see is is bisexual not, not it's not about the sex i love you and you and you yeah robin he just seems like a dink well yeah green tights man like <laughs> yeah. you didn't see that coming you were he wears short shorts for the first 40 years of your life and nobody questions it come on come on boy ward let's go into my <laughs> bat cave uh <laughs> fuck man uh I, i'm thinking like i guess it my detraction from it is like, and not to keep harping on the same yep. cycle here because I think we'll get into it more with movies and like why I am drawn to comic books, why I'm drawn to anime, why I'm drawn to B movies is there's far more interesting storytelling. And this is something that you and I have talked about ad nauseum at work yes. is that something doesn't need to be good to be extremely enjoyable absolutely and so like like the idea that woke is bad is bonkers to me woke writing for me right now is pretty bad but like i just stumbled across a show called uh the owl house 
I have a tendency to go towards like kids shows and stuff. Yep. Uh, the idea is this girl uh, falls through a portal. She's in this realm where there's all these witches. She's the only human being. She has to learn how a human can do magic, and she discovers that. And then there's this whole plot where there's this evil, evil emperor. There's like um, just old god kind of like stuff happening in the background. There's all these layers to it. The voice acting is fantastic. The art style is interesting. And then they develop the character, develop the character. 20 episodes in, there's another character, and she is interested in the main character who's also female. And none of that bothers you or affects the story in any way. It's like, shit, that's kind of cute. Or like, yeah, yeah, I can see where this relationship is based off of. It did not feel like it constructed, like, you got to like this because it's a gay character. It's just like, no, this is a really character that you're cheering for. And like someone likes her and you're like, oh, fuck yeah, girl, get it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't want some? Yeah, like, it's just like, and, and that surprises me. And it's the same speech I give every time when I would talk about this is like, I grew up in an era with strong female characters, so, like, it's insulting to me when I see shoehorned characters like yes. Rey. That Star Wars entire trilogy is such unadulterated garbage because of the writing. There's some beautiful, like, work into it, but, like, I grew up in an era where Captain Janeway was taking her crew home. Right. <laughs> you know, Sarah Connor was fucking fucking up Terminators left, right, and center. Right? And, like, Ridley was destroying aliens. I grew up with that, and it was just innate. It wasn't because they were women. It was because they were badass. Like, and I was so young that that's just ingrained in me that these people are capable of that regardless of gender or orientation or anything. So it's, like, such a step backwards, in my opinion, with the way that movies have to be now is, like, we got to sell 10 billion seats. Yes. So we have to make it as wide uh, appeal as possible and editable so we can send it to China under their cultural mores. Yeah. Which is a fucking, such an insane idea. Well, and I think it was Jennifer Lawrence. She said it's really difficult for a female to carry any kind of action franchise, referring to the Hunger Games, right? Which was very yeah. financially successful. And a good series. She got a lot of crap for that. And it, it was from two of them were specifically who you just mentioned. Uh, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney and Weaver. And uh, she's Sarah Connor. Come Sarah on. Sarah Connor. She's not anybody right? else. But the fact that two women in the last 40 years could speak up and say, you're wrong. No, she's right. Yeah. It, it is hard. It's not impossible. We've had good, strong characters. Yeah. And, but it takes the right writing. It does. Uh, well, and yeah. And I may be sleeping with your director husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I, I'm feeling myself push away for the first time in my life. I have watched so much TV. I have consumed so much media. Yeah. But I'm losing interest in it because it's the same story over and over again, or it's so broad that it, it, it's finding harder and harder to find something that's actually interesting. Or telling a story. Yeah, and you don't have to wait. Mm-hmm. There's zero anticipation. I watched Breaking Bad in a couple of months. Wow. I didn't have to wait a week. I'm like, what's he going to do this week? Yeah. Oh, man. I got to wait till Thursday night. <laughs> no. 
honey, uh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Then we'll play the next episode. <laughs> yeah. We're flooded. Well, right now, if I watch Lost, would it be good? Because there wouldn't be that community around If you, if around you stop it. at the third season. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those shows. You watch the first three seasons and you're like, I wonder what would happen next. Mm-hmm. Huh. Guess I'll never know. <laughs> yeah, it's probably for the best. Yeah. Like Fringe should have ended after the first season. Yes. Loved that. Never got much into the second one, the second season even. Like it was just. There was just too much going on. Yeah. Stick with sci-fi terrorism. I like right? that. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. But when she, I think she became from the other earth or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they like murdered the original girl and she yeah, was like remember. version two. Yeah. And somehow he was lobotomized, but still the smartest person in the room and they could just put his brain back together. Right. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> well, and, and it, not that it should. My suspension of disbelief can go quite a ways, but that was <laughs> insane. Yeah. We only got to watch that because my wife has a thing for Joshua Jackson. That genre of show is not her style, but she put up with that for him. I mean, I watched Dawson's Creek going up. I get it. I love Dawson's Creek. I'd watch that again. But my kid's watching Gilmore Girls for the eighth time. Ugh. Yeah. I have a talk with her. I, I enjoyed really it. Fast paced talk over coffee with her. About. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You you watch three of those episodes episodes together and you're like, shut up, Lorelai. <laughs> Luke, punch her in the face. Would it upset your daughter if we started a Gilmore Girls podcast? <gasps> it would definitely upset her. <laughs> yeah, we should do that. She's yeah. sixteen, she can listen to it. Yeah. We'll have her on as a guest speaker. <laughs> well, this is why you're wrong and this is a bad show. <laughs> yeah. Who was the baker? Was that... Uh, uh, Suki. Suki. But That's Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Years before she would hit her stride and then disappear. Yes. Yeah, she didn't do the Netflix four-episode recap. I always felt like she would be the only person I'd want to see as a sequel to Tommy Boy. <laughs> Bring her in as Tommy Boy's daughter, and she's got to save the break company again. Nice. I like that. Yeah. She's got the Pratt Falls down. Yep. she's She can be funny. Yeah. Well, and that's why that Ghostbusters was the best Ghostbusters to ever hit theaters. And that's the show, <laughs> folks. <laughs> Table flip. <laughs> oh, God. Tim almost took his magic eight ball to the side of the head. <laughs> what a terrible... Did you like Afterlife? Um, I did. I loved it. I uh, I find that there is a push, and I, I've heard there's even a conspiracy theory surrounding this, which I do not believe, but what they did in that movie was make all of the old characters miserable, and they did that to Han Solo, and I hear they're doing that to Indiana Jones. So, like, they're rebooting these franchises, but their only idea to bring these characters up is, like... Their life has fallen on hard times. They need yeah. to rebuild. They're starting at point zero again, which doesn't make any sense. Like, why does everybody always have to be that fucking miserable? Like, we don't talk to each other. We all hate each other. And, like, that was my only problem with that I movie. I know, real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to escape into a movie. I want to escape into a movie. Or, yeah. like, why can't I find my characters, like... All right, one last adventure. 
Yeah. We've accomplished all this, and, you know, like, we've gotten older. We're slower, but right. I, I, I want to go on this one last adventure. Wouldn't it, that be exciting? It didn't have to be we haven't spoken to him in 20 years. It could have been, yeah, it's been two years because yeah. we're in our 80s. We drift apart. Or he was the one that left. They were upset yeah. about it, but they're still together and doing something. Yeah. You know, like. But the whole band had to break up. It does, yeah. It's just, it's fucking yeah. lazy. And like the whole Han Solo thing. So after everything, his son's a school shooter and murders the high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, him and Leia haven't seen each other in years. And it's just, he's lost the Falcon. Why does he have to start off that low? Yeah. I feel like that movie was rewritten by somebody because, and the subsequent movies dozens of times by uh, all reports, but wouldn't it have made more sense that they had a son and a daughter and he, Leia knew where he was, him and Chewie are looking for his son, trying to capture him. They knew that he killed his sister at the the Jedi at Temple, the and he was trying to redeem him or stop him because he felt like it was his responsibility. Yeah. When uh, in the first movie, Ray is looking up and she's got it that really hazy memory of a ship taking off and she's crying. It's because it's a force. Um, it's a suppressed forced memory wipe right. from her older brother who couldn't kill her. And that's where the redemption come from is his sister finds him again. She had the magical moment with her dad learning how to fly the Falcon. Wow. What a tied together fucking storyline. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It was. I didn't hate it as passionately as you did. Yeah. Um, It hit some of the right notes for me to get the nostalgia going. But when I look at all three of them, I see the first one. I'm like, okay. I'm I'm okay. This yeah. is fine. Then the second one, I'm like, okay. Did you confer with the first movie, or you're just doing what you want? <laughs> and then the third movie is like, screw you. We're doing what I said in the first one. Yeah. I'm like, I never thought I'd miss George. <laughs> yeah. But it didn't seem like from the movies there was that head honcho going. Here's how. Even when you kiss your sister and change that idea two hours later. Yeah. Nobody was in charge of that. Watch the table taps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing that got to me the most about the movie is because it's just a movie. Star Wars doesn't actually exist, so it's not like I can be that upset about it. Is that it's such a signifier of what else is happening in Hollywood right now. Yes. And that's where it gets to me is that it's just... I think that storytelling is very important for a people. And you can have big, dumb Hollywood movies, but you should also be telling some interesting stories, too. Yes. And it just feels like that's not important anymore. Uh, I got I was on Bumble today and uh, I got an advertisement for the Barbie movie, which I thought was really weird in my chat, which I like (laughs) noticed because. No woman ever messages me, but I'm like, oh, fresh <laughs> message. The Barbie movie. I don't know if Bumble's saying that I should start fucking switch hitting or something like that. <laughs> or maybe it'll be a good spot to pick up. Yeah. Judging by your uh, lack of interest from the female race, uh, 
Maybe you should go to the Barbie movie. <laughs> Check out Ken. <laughs> yeah. I've heard uh, they're going to be doing some Barbie and Oppenheimer uh, two for shows. Really? Yeah. Which is, I don't. I'm not getting it. I, I think it's an internet thing because okay. they're so wildly different. They come out on the same weekend, but people have latched onto that, and then yeah. they're doubling down to just get the buzz going. Yeah. This feels like the most amount of buzz for movies in a long time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But for two movies that I'm like, eh. I'm, I'm vaguely interested. And when you can... I, one of their taglines is, if you love Barbie, this movie's for you. That's and the it, Oppenheimer movie, right? And if you don't care about Barbie, this movie's for you. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. So, hey, I'm going to check it out. But I love that drive-in theater, and I'm going to try and get there as much as I can. For our listeners, what drive-in theater are you talking about? The Mustang in Prince Edward County. Which apparently doesn't do all-nighters anymore. No, they don't. So what they have relayed is that no matter how many movies you stay for, when you pay to get in, they have to pay for you to watch all four movies. Yeah. So it costs them money, and it's just unfortunate that way. Well, and uh, the message they received when I was uh, messaging them on the Facebook group yep. was that people were using it as overflow parking for the provincial parks. Yes. That's Bruckwild. Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Now, I went on a very mosquito-y night the other week, and uh, I don't have any nets for the windows yet because mm. I'm stupid. Every year I say I'm going to get them, but I will get them. <laughs> Just but like yeah. magnets for the outside of the car yeah. and put them yeah, up? Yeah, just hang it over. Oh. It's nice and easy. That's smart. Yeah. Better than continually defrosting the car, defrogging right? it. Yeah. So, yeah, once once it gets dark, it's cool enough, and mm. you sit there, you smell other people smoking various things. <laughs> I suppose that's gone fucking way, way up since the... A uh, little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What else have we got on our list today? Well, we touched on movies. What's a movie? I've never seen Jumanji with Robin Williams. What's a movie that you think you were supposed to have seen as a kid or even oh, as an adult, Tim? God, there's so many. Right? Uh, actually, based on your daughter's recommendation, uh, I watched... Uh, what's the one? Betray You? Uh, Never Ending Story. Oh. Yeah. We were down at the Toad Station and everybody was talking about like movies and stuff like that a couple of months ago. And I had mentioned, they had mentioned that movie and I had never seen Never Ending Story. Wow. Yeah. What'd you think? Um, it was fun. Yeah. I think it was, it was really well done and, uh, it was a little incoherent at times, but you could forgive it because it was, it was its own thing. Yeah. I think that was really good. Um, I'm trying to think of other movies that I've just never seen, though. I didn't see Goonies till I was an adult. But that's... I, there's a couple of years between you and I, so... Yeah. We're going to hit different things. Like two or three, maybe. I, E.T. is playing at... Um, I've never seen E.T. E.T. is playing at the Empire Theater. Wow. Might be tomorrow night? It might be tonight. Might be tonight. I think you're right. Yeah. I think I'm missing it. But it... If it's tonight, it might be Saturday as well. But you'll be working, right? 
That's true. Sucker. I wonder if I could dip out for a couple hours. Go see. <laughs> I gotta go get a coffee. Yeah. Three hours later. Yeah. I'll bring you back one. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if I could book that off. Probably. Um. And now I can't remember the new movie that's playing next week too. Out of Africa. I've never seen that. Oh. I think I'll check that out. Out of Africa. Have you ever seen Gods Must Be Crazy? No. That's a good one. Now, the premise of that is uh, there's a plane flying over some indigenous people in yes. Australia or Africa, and he drops a Coke bottle out, and it becomes like a godlike figure to them, <laughs> and it starts causing so much like havoc in their nice, normal lives that he just picks up the bottle and starts walking it to the end of the earth to throw it off. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's real good. Um, so why not... You said Goonies, and what was the other movie? There was one at the beginning. See? We'll go back memory's, to the Memory's gone. <laughs> um, oh, Jumanji. Jumanji. Yeah. I've seen the, re- the the one with The Rock, but... I know me, the reason that I wouldn't see some movies is because they got too popular or something like that, because yeah. I'm an asshole. But what would be the reason that you would have missed these? Because Goonies seems so much up your alley. Yeah, I just missed it. Uh, so we never had a VCR when I was a kid. We it was a big deal for us. We would go rent a VCR. Nice at Wayne's TV and Rental, and uh, we'd rent it for the weekend. Get a handful of movies, and wow. it just never made the cut. Huh? Because it was in my wheelhouse, but not. Uh, so no. I've got, I had four sisters and my parents. So everybody's trying to pick their own movie. Yeah, yeah, that was hard then too. That's, yeah, that seems like a wildly big mess. Uh, yeah. Did you have a big VHS collection? No. No? no? But it was enough. We When we did get a VCR, I went through three copies of the Michael Keaton Batman movie. <laughs> I watched it nonstop. Love that movie. Um, it's got flaws, but it's great. And uh, back then, you were a superhero movie every three or four years i would have figured you as a collector would have had like just a massive dvd or like uh my dvd DVDs. and blu-rays are far more than what my vhs ever was i could never bring myself to get hard copies of stuff even though like i know that i just i want that hard copy so i have a physical one that's never going to go away switch yep. to a different platform lose a password but like, you're gonna then find I out. Have to get up. And you're gonna find out in. they cut a scene because of the woke culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Toy Story two, and they take away the backroom ba- casting couch scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, way to ruin storytelling, right? <laughs> it was in there for a reason. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Um, Bruce Campbell was a. Uh, B movie actor, I think that we both love. He's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, have you watched his uh, Ash vs. the Evil Dead TV show? I have not. Because okay. I'm a horrible person. Danny Martin's on me to watch that. I gotta watch that. I, and I fucking somewhat remember he had a show on like Global called Jack of All Trades. Like oh. way back in the day, he was like basically a pirate or something. It was fucking god awful, but I've been trying to find yeah. it for a few years. There was another one, and I recall uh, somebody touting this as the greatest cowboy TV show. And The Adventures of Briscoe County? I've heard about that. I think. 
but he's he's a cowboy. Oh shit! For a, uh, I think there's thirteen or fourteen episodes, something like that. Serious show or? I've never seen it because hmm. it's one of those. Can you find it? I'm gonna see if I can just Google real quick. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Bruce Campbell is so fun, and uh, well, he's got a cameo in Doctor Strange too because of Sam Raimi. Nice. Yeah, he's great. And Sam Raimi did the original Evil Dead. Evil Dead, and that's where... and Army of Darkness. Yes. Uh, I believe he got a cameo in the new Evil Dead movie too. I think so. He was. So I I got a listen back to it but it was like something uh, what i've heard is like there's a phonograph or some like ancient thing right and then you hear bruce in the background like yelling at a priest not to <laughs> read the nice. uh incantation that's awesome uh bruce Campbell. adventures of briscoe county jr yeah sweet so yeah b movies uh there's a whole bunch that I need to check out. Um, there, the Toxic uh, Revenger. Toxic Revenger. I've yep. never seen any of those movies. Ah, uh, me neither. But uh, I, I think I have one of those. Like I've got the, I've got a Swamp Thing movie, and a Swamp Thing TV series on DVD that I've never watched. Wow. But I have just in case. <laughs> well, you gave me a couple of movies too that I still haven't watched. One was. And I think Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Uh, Alien Apocalypse, maybe. Yes, that was definitely and, one of them. Uh, Bubba Hotep, was it one of that? Was that one of them? Hmm. He plays Elvis anyway. Who, Elvis fighting a mummy? What? That like, is fucking right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bruce Campbell's great. Um, I think we should pivot topics. We're starting to lose steam. Absolutely. Here. Around 37 minutes. What's another good couple of things we could talk about? I feel ill-prepared. I should have been better ready for you. Next time you come down, I will have a bunch of bullet points. I gave you 24 hours notice. (laughs) When I just switched over to nights. Right. Oh, Tim, what is your best Star Wars figure? Um, Or vehicle. Okay, so vehicle up there would be the Clone Wars era... uh, landing ship i guess or yep. troop transport i love that i've had that for quite a few years that was from the original cartoon series the that aired on teletoon before the movie released right uh probably the one that's worth the most money would be the anakin or the first generation palpatine nice and then one of my favorite ones is one that was like way discounted because nobody wanted her but she's from the new series, and she's just got such a unique look to her. That's, um... She was in a Mission Impossible movie. Oh, really? Oh, what is it? Kira? Not Kira. Kira, Kira Knightley? No, not Kira Knightley. Damn it. They lost it? Yeah. Um, was she the wife in The Americans? What's her name? Possible, but I you never see her face in the movie. The yeah, movie. but you, it's her voice. Yeah, and I knew I remember that I checked it out. But like yeah. even like you check out the the weapons they gave her and stuff, they're almost like old pirate pistols. Yeah, and that's cool. The sculpt on her is absolutely gorgeous. 
the thing that blows my mind is that about every one of these is bare minimum twenty dollars. Yeah. Some of them probably over thirty near the end because the price just kept going up and up and up and up, and it got to a certain point where I was just like, "It's just plastic." Yeah. And I don't have any more room for any more. What the fuck am I doing? Yeah. I'm checking out all the time uh, the McFarlane line of toys that's at Walmart. But mm. I'm like, $40 for a plastic doll that I'm not going to play with? Yeah. <sighs> now, my dinky car collection. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to make some like backgrounds and scenery and stuff for them and then take pictures and edit it we you can paint over that new canvas you got (laughs) never man that's a gift (laughs) for the studio i love it i might hang it on the backside there as you walk in cool but uh yeah thank your son for me that's awesome oh he doesn't know i took it (laughs) (laughs) but you can send him a picture of it we'll hang it before you leave yeah so i before my wife knew that this could become a problem and back onto the Barbie thing, they released uh, Batgirl, Supergirl, and Wonder Woman Barbies. Oh, yeah. Like, and I think these are almost 20 years old now. Um, and then after that, they did a Poison Ivy one as well. So I have four superhero villain Barbies. And every now and then my kids go into the basement and like, when can we open these? I go, <laughs> when I'm dead. Don't do it before that. Uh, are you waiting for the like the enough of a high point that you could sell them all? Or like, I don't did... think that'll happen. I, but I've never double checked to see what they're worth now. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're just sitting in a box, That's collecting hilarious. dust right now. Is is the is that a, just a joke or is it an actual point of contention in your relationship? The amount of space that your comic book collection takes up. Both. <laughs> <laughs> It's a joke because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, it can so quickly get out of hand. And then I I grab five books because I say, well, I'm going to read these ones today. And then I don't get to them. And then yeah. I'm like, okay, I grab five more. So I probably have a hundred comic books sitting beside my bed for me to read before I go to sleep. Which oh, wow. I can, I can barely get through one book. So why are there a hundred there? And then there's a she has nicely allowed me to take the one corner of the basement, which is about the size of these two desks and a little more. And I've got them just stacked to the ceiling. Wow. I have industrial shelving in there because just to hold the, it, the weight, yeah. right? So with like some of the masterworks and stuff that are coming out, would you ever sell your collection and upgrade to like just trades or does that ruin the appeal to you? doesn't ruin it because as much as I like the single issues I love to read them yeah even though I haven't read them all I buy them to read them I've never bought anything with the idea of oh I'll, I'll flip this and make money that's probably smart right because you can never tell what's gonna yeah. hit and even with uh I had a five issue Darth Maul series that had uh the first comic book Cad Bane Appearance. oh wow he got huge he got huge and again the guy from work was interested he's like you've got that set i'm like yep and i read it and i'm done with it so we talked and we talked and then it dipped and then he said i'll buy them now 
So I got decent money, but I didn't get crazy money. Yeah. I definitely made money on those five books because of the two that were worth a lot. And then I basically gave them the other three. Nice. But. Do you still draw? Yeah, I know we talked about this. You said you didn't, but. Uh, oh, yeah, never. Yeah. But I keep thinking I should. Do you uh, have a creative impulse? Like, is it, like, let's say that this became a regular thing. Would that be something that you're interested in or? I, I want to be creative. Hmm. And then I just choose not to. And I think you were talking about uh, your writing and your your practicing and forcing yourself to do writing. So I've made myself a journal and I look through it, I date it, and I can easily see that, oh, I I haven't done anything in this in like 18 months. (laughs) (laughs) So this one journal I've got has lasted several years for me. Um, Economical. Yes. But I'm not writing, I'm just writing about me. And then I'm trying to put stuff down that I can't convey to other people. Yeah. But then I get worried if anybody ever found this and read this, I'd be upset that they read it. Yeah. So I don't even want to put it on paper. So I don't know what I'm trying to write yet. I have a picture in my head of you laying on your bed, like tummy down, feet (laughs) just up in the air. (laughs) Today, my wife said that I can only have two tables worth of comic books. Right. And I said, yes, honey. But what I meant to say was, yes, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I found, uh, occasionally I find pictures on the internet and I'm like, I'd like to draw that. And I, so I took like a snippet picture of somebody on Facebook who I don't know just because of the way her hair was falling on her face and the way she was smiling. Yeah. And I I took it and crimped it that it's enough of her face. You can see it's a woman's face, but you do not know who that is. And I, I want to draw that. I want to see it. And I want to maybe do a nice job of it. But I, it's been so it's long. It's just taking I, that next I, step. Yeah. I feel like I sucked even when I did it. Yeah. So. Well, and that's the thing that I am trying to remind myself and learn. Because it's so easy to say, but it's so hard to actually believe is that everybody starts out sucking or you're going to do a thousand things that suck before you do something that's cool. Like uh, that whole one wall there is dedicated to a story I'm going to be writing with Kat and I'm breaking down the characters, but I don't know how to write. I don't know how to develop a story. All I do is when I go to the gym because I hate exercise so much, I disassociate from the world like a right. battered fucking housewife. Like, oh, Philip, I'm sorry I broke the fucking stove. Ah. <laughs> and I just start writing scenes in my head. And I have like four or five scenes. I have a, somewhat of a timeline. But like, and I stop and I'm like, but like, I, I never, I can't picture anything in my head to draw. So I take photos from the internet, yep. draw that. And it's just as time's gone has gone on, I have taken in these things and then I write them into the story, like the like World War Two witches up there and a modified broomstick with a propeller on it. Like that's fucking awesome. Like nice. how can I bring that to life in this world? Yeah. So I I feel like even though I'm building something, the majority of it is inspired by all the stuff that i've watched yep but like just stolen wholesale 
Like yeah. nothing is completely original. And like some of the stuff that I read about that is like, you got to admit or accept that everything has been done before. Yeah. But like, I don't want to be a thief. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Neil Gaiman wrote a story about a boy who had a forehead scar that was a wizard. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't even know who the Harry Potter creator is. What What's her name? Doesn't matter. J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. Good job, Tim. Um, they're, they're, I'm I, so smart. I think they knew each other because I, I think they're like literary friends. And they just, they had a conversation one day and they both got inspired to do the same type of thing. And he, he freely said, yeah, it's, it's the same type of character. But we both got it from different aspects and they kind of came out at the same time. Nobody was ripping each other off. We had the same influences. Yeah. So it happens. And the basic story structure, like the, the hero's journey, is familiar because it is a ancient like prehistory way of telling a story yeah and you know that's why star wars works is it it follows the hero's journey of you know uh what is it you start in the normal world you meet a threshold garden guardian you meet a mentor who might be magical you travel into the underworld you fight the big bad evil guy you return to the normal world with something that's like a part of this yeah this extra world and i'm like fuck it, it makes sense, but uh, I don't know. It's still tough because then you start doing this stuff and you just feel goofy. I don't know. Yeah. The second I meet a girl, this is all out the fucking window. Like, this is all <laughs> just going to be in a pile of the back, just on fire. So I've had this first scene of a movie mm-hmm. written in my head for like 20, 30, 40 years now, Tim. A plumber walks in. <laughs> she can't pay. <laughs> No, I've seen and lived that movie. <laughs> You'd be disappointed with the ending. Uh, but no, it, no, no, it's all right. It's all right. I'm, I'm just happy to help. I'm sorry. It's just all right. So you or or Kat, who I loved when she was on this show, so bring her back, you know. Hi, Cat. Uh-huh. Um, feel free to take this opening. And it at currently, it's still dependent on people that are still alive. Arnold Schwarzenegger is walking around on like one of those markets by a dock type of thing. Yeah. He's got a weird outfit on. He looks like he's trying to hide himself as a foreigner. And he just comes up to this one guy and with his strong accent, which I'm not going to try and do, he just says, come Mr. Tallyman, tally me bananas. And that's supposed to be the code word. But this other super spy finds him. The other super spy is Martin Short. Oh. They proceed to have an intense physical battle on this dock destroying all kinds of things and it finishes with martin short snapping arnold schwarzenegger's neck (laughs) that's the beginning of my story that's as far as i've ever gotten i I don't know what happens next (laughs) martin short is revealed to be the good guy (laughs) (laughs) right so maybe we should start a league you write a paragraph tim yeah and then you you pass it off to somebody and they write or a page that'd be interesting because then you'd be excited to see what that next person writes yeah. and it would inspire you to like get a little more accountability to trying to write the next thing so uh, you is that something that you would want to do with me and then we could uh, put yeah. it up on the show let's try that alright let's just do something see? weird man right on 
All right. Because you're trying to develop something, but then you're like, I here's a page. Yeah. What do you think of it, and what do you where do you see this? Huh. That is interesting. Oh, man. I this is gonna take forever. I have a couple of ideas off the hop. I'm gonna keep that one for cat, but yes. Uh, yeah. The there's one that I'm developing on the floor with Chris because yep. at, at three o'clock in the morning when you're bored, that's oh, all yes. I have. And that's why I love the people I work with is they entertain my nonsense <laughs> when I walk over and I look at them in the face and I'm like, Hey, blah, 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 and I get a laugh. Yeah. This is getting cut from the show. So we'll just give it a beat. Last. <laughs> and recut. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. That that'd be a great movie. That would be a great movie, but you can't write that movie. Um here's an idea and I, I think I've talked to you about it before and I've talked about it on the show for sure at one point or another, but what if we start playing with the idea of the second class superheroes and having yes. a lodge and I, I have at work a basic outline of like what the first season would be. Now, the way that I picture this show truly working is, like, mildly scripted, mildly improv. But for our purposes, we would be writing out, like, a story right? just to see where it goes. And then we could take it back to square one if it was to develop in a different direction for the show. But main characters, or, like, all the characters in the Lodge have shitty superpowers, you yes. can run at incredible speeds, but with your eyes closed. You can teleport, but you never know where you're going to land. Or, you know, you can smell really, really good. I don't know. Like, just <laughs> the terrible thing. And, like, the main character that I envisioned, his power was to... Uh, what was the original? Like, I had, like, a whole backstory for him. He was camping somewhere at, like, a provincial park and there was like drum beats and stuff and a girl screaming he runs over and there's these people gonna sacrifice a woman to some kind of deity that was like uh nice uh into like like a real granola hippie deity so <laughs> uh he saves the girl there's some kind of like whatever in the ritual and he gets embodied with the the powers of this god and so he can get as strong as Superman, but I think we need to like tone it down a little bit from there. But like extremely strong, fast, can fly for an hour after he exposes his genitals to somebody. Right. <laughs> I just like the whole idea. I love so much of like trying to find creative ways to show your dick to and, people. And mirrors don't count. <laughs> <laughs> they got to be surprised or right. else it doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And, like, so what I had for the first season was his girlfriend stops dating him, starts dating a main character, like, a main superhero, like, right. an actual one. So it's him and his buddy trying to figure out how to get popular enough to win this girl back. Which, again, I kind of feel like has been done. So I don't yeah. know if, as we write this, if we come up with something a little more interesting. Yeah. That's... It's an excellent concept. Well, and we could play with a couple of things too, as far as like, how do you become more popular as a superhero? Is it like when you expose yourself daily? 
Yeah, and the other guy's power is uh, basically like uh, liquid diarrhea that he's like because he was he's been genetically modified with bugs, so he can nice. shoot like yeah. Um, so is how do you like do you use social media to become more popular and that gets you higher up? Is it right. like training and hard work? Social media seems to work pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And before you think any superhero idea is a bad idea, there is a Legion of Superheroes member. His name is Matter Eater Lad. He eats matter. <laughs> In case you couldn't figure out that superpower, he can di- digest anything. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to do it for us uh, on this week's episode. Uh, thank you for coming down to the studio and helping me break it in, buddy. Tim, this was a blast. Yeah. I'm, I'm disappointed and glad we waited so long. I hope we can just make an excuse to do this every once in a while. Absolutely. Healthy hobbies and stuff without alcohol. (laughs) Oh, I'm getting drunk after I get home. We'll have a beer next time. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Did you want to plug anything? Uh, I'd like to plug Bearded and Bored. It's my favorite podcast. (laughs) It's the only one he listens to. Uh, Is there anything that you've been really enjoying? Uh, Because of you. And the podcasting world and stuff, and I, I don't know which is different and stuff. I've been listening to uh, the Batman, the audio adventures. Yeah. And I'm loving it. John Leguizamo as the Riddler screaming out, eat my ass, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Had me laughing for five minutes straight. There's a Harley Quinn one, too, that's apparently very, very good. Okay. She's and... in season two now that I'm into, but... Yeah. Nice. And uh, there's also a Wolverine yes. one that's supposed to be I've, extremely good. I've seen that advertised highly, and I held off and held off, but I might check that out. Who the fuck is Squirrel Girl? Because she, she has is one fantastic. That's very popular. Um, and in a, in a nice uh, Avengers issue, she comes in to be a babysitter for Luke Cage and Jessica Jones's baby. And then she walks in and she's like, oh, Logan. He's like, Doreen, is this going to be a problem? She goes, not if you could be an adult about it. (laughs) And you're like, that's it. That's all the interaction they have. That's amazing. It was great. So what is her powers? She has the ability to control squirrels. Oh, so is she kind of like a joke character? She is, but they they mostly play her up jokey, but she's had a couple serious issues. So... Marvel yeah. Squirrel Girl, the unbeatable radio show. Yeah, I think she's like in a she runs a uh, radio thing. Wastelands, Wastelanders. There's yeah. a whole bunch of uh, different yeah, that's podcasts apocalyptic that. future stuff. You might also enjoy Mission to Zix, Z Y X X. It's a mm-hmm. improv uh, storytelling uh, of like a, a crew, a space crew. And nice. uh, yeah, Wolf Three Five Nine is a little more serious, but still kind of wacky. It's mm-hmm. fucking good. Yeah, uh, Data plays the Joker in the Batman Adventures one. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's great too. But well, thanks again for you coming down, man. Tim, thanks a ton. Well, you nerds, see you again. Bye.